Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the NBA has a new all-time scoring leader in LeBron James. He passes up Kareem Abdul-Jabbar last night. Unfortunately, it comes in probably the worst Lakers loss of the season. I am going to start with LeBron's record because uh, it was the moment of the year, probably. It was it was really well executed, I thought, minus Drake showing up for some re- re- weird reason. I don't know what was going on there. Um, but uh, LeBron, you know, he passes up Kareem in the third quarter. He... Uh, Looked incredible doing it, as as he has looked all season. Kareem was there for most of the game. Looked like he was being held hostage there. It was super, super weird. Every cutaway they showed, it looked like Kareem was holding in a fart. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, that isn't really Kareem's deal. Like he's he's always been, you know, kind of recluse, and and he's never really liked the spotlight. Um, there is the whole thing of of Le- LeBron and Kareem's uh, relationship in 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 the terms of Kareem kind of criticizing LeBron a bunch and LeBron not really liking it and bristling at that criticism. Um, but regardless, I thought the two guys they 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 kind of shed whatever was what else was would might have been going on and met at half court with a really cool moment. You know, Kareem hands the ball to LeBron. Um, I thought LeBron, you know, showed some very real emotion there. He saw his family there on the court and you had that really cool moment, but then it really kind of washed over LeBron and he let it wash over him. And, uh, you know, there was some, there was some dust being kicked up in the Irwin household as that went down. So, um, look, I'm in a second, I'm going to talk about the loss and I'm going to talk about how disappointing everything around LeBron accomplishing this was, but we cannot, uh, even given how disappointing the rest of the game was, we cannot take this for granted. This was really cool. I remember, um, I was a junior in high school and, uh, either junior or senior in high school, I forget. But uh, I went and watched LeBron play against Modern Day at uh, the Long Beach Pyramid. Um, my buddy Mike Garrity was the starting point guard for uh, Modern Day High School. He was, to me, the best basketball player that I grew up playing against, you know, and and to watch LeBron, like, go out there and <laughs> just look like a man amongst boys against a Modern Day team. Uh, that I believe won state that year. He was just, he was incredible. Ripped them limb from limb basically out there on the court. And that was when I realized, holy shit, there are just some people who were playing a very different game uh, than the rest of us. So to watch him go from that to obviously that first game against the Sacramento Kings, uh, his entire first tenure with the Cleveland Cavaliers, doing what he did in Miami and then going back to Cleveland and now coming to LA, having an absolutely bonkers career. Uh, it, one of the one of the toughest things, and one of the things that I wish pro athletes would kind of take more seriously as a story that they can tell, is you know having insane expectations and meeting and or exceeding those expectations. Uh, that to me, everybody wants to be the underdog that nobody you know gave any credit to, or everybody doubted or whatever. That's the most overtold story in sports. But for LeBron to come in 
and, you know, be considered the chosen one and uh, dub himself the chosen one and, uh, you know, welcome those expectations at every turn in his career and then turn around and meet and or exceed those expectations is just insane. So, uh, you know, congratulations to LeBron on on an insane record, a record that Chick Hearn thought would never be broken and one that, <laughs> uh, look, I was always one to agree with Chick Hearn and and yet here we are watching somebody at 38 years old be capable of not just like breaking this record in the way that he did, uh, or, or like breaking this record in any way in a vacuum, but breaking this record on a night that he had to score 36 points to do so in a season that he has had to average almost 30 points a game to keep the Lakers competitive. Um, just absolutely ridiculous what we're watching from this guy night in, night out. And that's what makes... You know, what everything else that surrounded this game, all the more disappointing. All right. Now, when we're talking about disappointments in the game, um, you have to start with Anthony Davis. Uh, Anthony Davis, you know, after their last loss to New Orleans, said that they have to start playing with urgency and that, it, you know, he was going to be one of the people that it started with and blah, 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 blah. Um, just empty fucking words. 13 points on the night, six of nine shooting. Uh, eight rebounds, two assists, a single block, uh, finishes the game a minus four on the night where uh, the Lakers lose by three, just floated around the entirety of the game. Stan Van Gundy spent a lot of the game wondering, hey, when's AD going to show up? Is this guy ever going to join in the fray? Um, You know, got completely outplayed by Mike Muscala, by... Uh, Jalen Williams. It was just an absolute debacle of a game from Anthony Davis. Uh, And, and, you know, you can wonder, is he healthy? Is he all these things? It's, it's the same old Anthony Davis story. Um, Quite frankly, is is he healthy? I I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) We'll never know. That's, that's the frustration with Anthony Davis. You never know what else might be going on because on a night where the, the Lakers clearly needed this one, they're 25 and 30. They're the 13th seed. At some point, they're going to have to start winning games, ripping off games at a 650 clip to get themselves right back into the thick of things in the play-in or the playoff, whatever it is. Uh, and and, at, and on, on a couple, you know, OKC is playing on the second night of a back-to-back. The Lakers had a couple nights to rest and 80 completely no-shows. Um, it was just soft, honestly, from start to finish. He wasn't setting hard screens. He was getting offensive rebounded. He was not challenging stuff at the rim. Um, had no kind of hard moves to the basket, really. It was just a a disaster of a game from AD on a night where he, you know, that comes after a game that he promises urgency. Uh, to play like that on a, a, against a team that you are the key mismatch that your team can kind of point to, just... Frankly, it was pathetic. Also pathetic, Darvin Ham's rotations. Still, we're still having this conversation. Austin Reeves, available. Lonnie Walker, once again, available. Uh, Troy Brown, still available. Winning Gabriel, still available. Max Christie, still available. And yet, you look at the you look at the minutes totals. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, 32 minutes despite playing just bad. <laughs> just really poorly, I thought. It was a bad Dennis Schroeder game. Patrick Beverly gets 24 minutes. I can't recall a single Patrick Beverly play. Uh, 
Russell Westbrook actually did play hard down the stretch of the game, but I thought for much of the game, especially defensively, was abysmal. Um, you have all of these guys. Austin Reeves gets seven minutes. Lonnie Walker gets 19 minutes. We don't see Wenyan Gabriel. We don't see Max Christie. And all of these Lakers guards play like they know they are going to get their minutes no matter what they do. And none of them are anywhere near good enough to play that way. And and it's been the same story here with Darvin Ham. He has the same blind spot. This is a big backcourt that they were playing against in Oklahoma City where you have uh, Josh Giddy, you have Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and those guys absolutely ripped this tiny backcourt apart. This is a team, the Lakers now with Rui in on, on the roster, they don't have to continue to play as small as they do, and yet here they are. It's the same fucking story. Game in, game out with this guy. And look, I've been, I've tried to be patient with him. I try to give him every benefit of the doubt because it's a bad roster. And so it's, it's, it's a weird season that he's trying to coach through. But even given the things that, you know, are not handed or, or, or would not fall in his favor, uh, Darvin Ham has still bungled this thing at every turn. Yeah, at the end of the game, the Lakers had to call a timeout to advance the ball. And, and, and Stan Van Gundy, who will never, ever, ever uh, <laughs> criticize coaches, is sitting there wondering, like, hey, why aren't you advancing the ball, Darvin Ham? You have two timeouts. What are you doing? And there Darvin Ham is, sitting there, <laughs> coaching from the sideline with his hands in his pockets. It's just brutal to watch this guy coach. And even if you don't want to talk about rotations, Anthony Davis at no point felt like he was a part of this game. And at no point did it ever feel like the Lakers did anything strategically to get him back into this game, to, to ignite his game. Nothing whatsoever. It reminded me, honestly, of Byron Scott. And yeah, you guys know how little I like Byron Scott. This is, it reminded me of when, when Byron would coach those Kobe teams, would just sit there and watch Kobe shoot shot after shot after shot after shot. And maybe that was the entirety of the point of those seasons. Probably was, because at that time, the Lakers were trying to lose. But this team is very much trying to win. This is a team that, like, there's no point in tanking here. And Darvin Ham is coaching as if he's tanking. It's, it's, I, I, it's befuddling watching this guy coach. And he's going to sit there after the game. He's going to say, oh, you know, it was my bad. It was my fault. It was, you know, this was the thing that I needed to do differently. Blah, 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 blah. And again, it's just just like with Anthony Davis. It's the same thing with Darvin Ham. It's empty words. It's post-game scrum after post-game scrum talking about the things that he needs to adjust to and the things that he needs to fix. And he doesn't fucking fix it. And at some point, he's going to have to. It, 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 that, pro- that, that point probably came and went. Lakers are 25 and 30. <laughs> they've lost back-to-back games that they absolutely needed to have. And, and yeah, I said that like splitting the last four heading into the, the, into this, uh, trade deadline was, you know, the minimum that, that they kind of needed to do to maybe convince the front office to do something. Uh, but I, I don't know, man, you watch that game. This is not a great Oklahoma city thunder team. And the Lakers never really felt all that competitive. And yeah, you can maybe point to everybody just kind of getting out of LeBron's way because clearly the point of tonight was to try to to, to you know make it so that he got the record on TNT with Cap in, in attendance. But once he got the record, the Lakers started the fourth quarter down 0-7, just like that. It was over. 
It was it was just done. By the time LeBron got back into the game, the lead had already uh, you know swollen up to ten, and that was because everybody's getting back cut, everybody's getting offensive rebounded. There isn't a single adjustment made over the course of the game as time after time after time Isaiah Joe, who by the way leads the NBA in three point percentage, was shooting wide open three pointer after wide open three pointer. So yeah. There was no urgency on the part of one of the team's leaders in in Anthony Davis. There has been no urgency on the part of Darvin Ham, um, who you know I, I think has been just a, a complete disappointment this season. And and it's just I thought tonight was a perfect encapsulation of the Lakers season to, to to this point. LeBron does something really cool. LeBron you know makes some incredible history. Does so in a way like he's. He's <laughs> sitting here. LeBron is a plus eight on the night, uh, on a night on a night that his team loses one thirty to uh, one thirty three to one thirty, and and yeah, the it, we never see Rob Polenka over the course of the game. He's stuck in the tunnel, uh, staying the hell away from all of the cameras that he can. We never see Jeannie Buss on a night where you know if if Kobe would have broken something like this, you know that. Everybody from the front office and in ownership would have come out there to congrat- congratulate Kobe. The the entirety of the Lakers organization completely no showed, just like they have for much of LeBron James's tenure here. And it was just and and and, and if as if everything else wasn't perfect enough, um, LeBron had to sub out at the end of the game because his foot got sore. And and once again, the storyline coming out of this one is going to be, hey, hey, is LeBron okay? Is AD okay? So yeah, it's just up and down organizationally. This is the worst loss of of the season. And it's the kind of loss that you can, you know, if if you have been reluctant to trade the picks, this is what you point to. And you say, this isn't fixable. I could talk about the trade deadline. I could talk about the rumors that are coming out here. It's all the same stuff. It's all the same names. It's all the same players who might be moved and all of that. And, And now the front office honestly has their excuse not to do anything. Maybe they just say this team is too far gone. Honestly, the Lakers played tonight like a team that, you know, everybody was kind of looking around and saying, this is probably our last game together. Um, and honestly, I hope so. Like, I e- even if it isn't a matter of, like, saving the season or whatever, I do think the Lakers probably need to trade Russell Westbrook uh, to maintain some kind of cap flexibility um, this this summer. You can't just let his his contract expire. Uh, I do think they need to trade Lonnie Walker and see what they can get from him. Some team is going to find a need for him. I think they should trade Patrick Beverly and 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 try to maintain that cap spot, um, and 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 so on and so forth. I, I I do think even if even if it isn't to you know trade both of those picks to try to make a run at it this year, uh, I do think there are reasons to make trades tomorrow or the day after uh, to to try to. You know, just change this up. You need to, at the very least, you need to take away so many guard options from Darvin Ham because, you know, his tiny guard lineup is is Frank Vogel's, uh, you know, Avery Bradley. It's just it just sucks to to watch Darvin Ham struggle the way that he has through the season and know that the Lakers completely undercut a coach that helped win them a championship so that they could eventually hire this guy. Fantastic. I don't know. 
All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Uh, again, congratulations to LeBron James. Really cool accomplishment. Really cool night. I wish they could have had, you know, a win that we could sit here and be in a better mood about. But uh, that was that was the, about the most frustrated I've been watching this team this season, and that's saying something. Again, they are twenty five and thirty, and that's about as pissed as I've been at them all year. Uh, <laughs> It, these next couple of days are going to be fascinating. It, 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 they, it, they really are. Um, if it takes, you know, so right now the price is basically to, to, to move Russell Westbrook still looks to be a first round pick. Um, but I do kind of wonder if you send him to like Miami, if Miami would include a pick or a second rounder or whatever, uh, so that you can take on Duncan Robinson's contract. Um, I, like I, I, I've reached the point here with this team that I think they they might have to consider being sellers. Uh, and, you know, it sucks. You're having a season where LeBron is going to be an all-NBA type of player. AD should probably have been an all-star. And we're talking about this this team as if they should probably be sellers. Uh, this is this is about as bad as I've felt about the Lakers in, in a minute, certainly this season. And I, don't, I, I honestly don't know where they're going to go from here. I, I, I legitimately don't. We'll see. So until we do see more from that, until we do get more clarity on that, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.